The Jeep Black Friday sales event is here with incredible deals on a wide selection of Jeep 4x4 vehicles. Right now, get 15% below MSRP for an average of 11514 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE Overland or Summit. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 11514 average based on 15% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee 4xE Overland and Summit models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 1130. Jeep is a registered trademark. What's up, good people? Welcome back. <laughs> the inmates are running the asylum once again. No Gary. You know, no rules. Anytime somebody sees this, they just go like, oh no. <laughs> it's about to get lit. The belt is out. The belt is out. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Super Gamer Boys podcast. I am your host again and resident superstar Adrian Homeboy Holmes. And joining me tonight is the heavyweight podcasting champion of the world, Mr. JJ Purdom. How are you doing tonight, my good man? I'm doing wonderful. Emphasis on heavyweight, buddy. We're not doing lightweight, cruiserweight, <laughs> middleweight stuff. This is the big boys, the big league, the Super Gamer Boys. And you know what? Unlike Garrett Morlang, you and I, we're here each and every week, dude. We are never calling in sick. Never missed a show. We're never pulling. Never. We never do it. We're always here. We're like, we're like, you could bank on us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas Garrett is constantly missing shows. This week, I don't remember what he was saying he was doing. Something about going out of state. Uh, he had a see. birthday uh, a couple days back and he turned... 45. 29. Oh, 29. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, 29. 29. He turned 29. Yeah, so I feel like now is the time for us. Like, let's be honest. We've been looking for another host. We're thinking about shipping him out. What does he do when he's here anyway, Adrian? I mean, it's mostly <clears throat> us carrying it. Uh, I uh, I talk about Kojima a lot. Uh, and, uh, well, uh, I talk about my uh, Warhammer and... Uh, <laughs> I like how you make him sound like Squidward. <laughs> like, that's like probably my favorite thing. Is it, is it accurate though? Like Squidward. <laughs> it's, that's all I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be editing this later, and he's gonna be like, "Well, that you know, look, I never feel bad about that part because that's what he gets for not being here." Sorry, that's true. You got to do that that's part. Uh, so today we are talking about the end of G4, uh, the whole situation with Bayonetta's voice actor. And uh, Google Stadia's first victim. So uh, it's uh, pretty heavy today. Uh, but first, let's give a quick shout out to our Patreon producers. Excuse me. Ooh. Uh, Bumple Smash, Eddie Martin, and Kajoma01. And our Super Gamer sponsors, Julie Bates and Mama Mare. Uh, we also would like to shout out. Everybody who supports us on our Patreon, that's patreon.com slash supergamervoice, uh, where we host our exclusive show. I'm not kidding. It's not exclusive. We we put up the free episodes for it now. Uh, Super Gamer Book Club, where our newest episode is 2064 Read Only Memories, an excellent, excellent game. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Uh, and then our newest free episode is the... Uh, I, don't, I guess I can't call it a good. It, it is a it is a game <laughs> of Star Wars Republic Commando, and then upcoming 
is going to be our episode for Halloween. Again, we are covering the scariest game ever made, and that's Luigi's Mansion with none other than Mr. Connor McCabe of Call Me By Your Name or Call Me By Your Game fame. I'll get into that a little bit later when I have to do the the dubby ad. <laughs> I'm not calling I can't it our wait ad. For the dubby ad. That's like I, my favorite I'm not part calling of the it show. our ad. It's the dubby <laughs> ad because dubby is taking over that ad. I'm telling you, I'm gonna let you go hog wild today, JJ. Speaking of hogs, no, never, never mind. We'll get to that. We'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, as always, shout out to Jack Sriracha and Yate for allowing us to use their music. We are eternally grateful for that. Uh, and uh, with that. Here we are. Uh, time for the mailbag. Garrett, you got the mailbag? Yeah, Garrett? that was the problem. Garrett actually had said, hey, Garrett? guys, I got this this week. Don't even trip. And then what does he do? Last minute, Larry. Hey, guys, are you guys able to do the show? Because I'm out of state or some crap. It's like, uh, why does he? He's like jet setting all the time. Always out of state. Constantly. <laughs> well, I guess we'll just have to figure it out on our own. Uh, what can you do? So our first question, uh, comes from CJM and they ask in light of Garrett's birthday, I'm curious to know what have been the best and worst presents you received on your birthday. You want to go first? Okay. Why don't, why don't we each go with our best and then we'll go with our, our worst. So my best was I got. I loved He-Man growing up. I don't know if you ever heard of He-Man. Masters no, of I've never Earth. heard of He-Man. I've <laughs> never heard of Skeletor. None of those guys. No. Okay, so I was a huge fan in the peak of the middle 80s, 85, 84, 85, when that stuff was just the coolest. Literally made a cartoon based on all of these uh, you know, action figures that they made. And they had the best action figures. Well, for my birthday, I ended up getting Castle Grayskull, and, and I also got the uh, the castle that was the Snake Mountain, which was Skeletor's thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'd already had all the figures, and then I get those things for my birthday. And I just remember, like, being so shocked. I didn't think we had any money. My mom, I overheard her have a conversation that out was of pretty, the room. That was pretty expensive at that time, right? Back then, it was very expensive. And it's probably, like, 50 bucks or something like that. But at the time, $50 in that time would have been very expensive. It was a lot of scratch, yeah. Uh, but man, I'm telling you right now, like I remember I was hearing a conversation that I was eavesdropping on and I think they were doing it just loud enough for me to listen to. Mm-hmm. And it was, there's no way that we can afford anything for his birthday this year. You know, we just don't have any money. And then to get those oh. things, it was like, what? I like, was mind like preparing myself to up. be a good kid and not be a little jerk. You know, like <laughs> it's not about the presents, you know, it's about the cake. You know, so, so, the, I mean, it would be the about cake the cake. super good that year, just saying. Uh, soda pop cake, in case anybody was wondering. Ooh. And if you guys want to, you know, get me a cake for my birthday, which is coming up soon, I'll also be 29. Soda. Okay. Soda <laughs> pop cake is written yeah. down. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, let me see here. Mine is going to sound a little extravagant. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know any other way to, um, to, uh, to, to do it. But, uh, when I was 21, uh, I went to my, fo- so <laughs> I'm thinking strip club. No, I'm no, thinking no, no, like no, no. lap dances. <laughs> no, I'm thinking no, no. like, oh no, no, man, no, no, no. the party. 
party. No, no, that was that was later. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> so when I was 21, my folks and I uh, went to Disneyland, and uh, we were going by the uh, you know the big official Walt Disney Disneyland hotel where like all the fancy stuff is, right? And uh, so. We've been going to Disneyland pretty much since my brother and I were, were, you know, born. So we always used to go by it and be like, man, I wonder what's in there. I wonder what's in there. I wonder if it's really all cracked up uh, to what it is described as. And so one year we're driving by it. This is the year I was, I turned 21 and I go, man, I wonder what it's like. And then all of a sudden the car stops and we make that right turn and we turn into the, ho the hotel parking lot. And uh, we finally got to stay at the Disneyland Hotel, but that wasn't all of it, right? So at Disneyland, there's a super duper exclusive like restaurant, right? Like you basically have to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody to get in called Club 33. So my folks somehow arranged for us to be able to go in there and have lunch and uh, and have dinner that same day. So I am one of the few people who is able to say that I have my first legal drink at club 33 in Disneyland ever. Man, uh, that's awesome. So, yeah. So that was pretty rad. Um, that was probably the best birthday I think I've ever had. Um, right. I want to hear side. about how you were partying and doing Coke off of Pluto's that's, ass. That's for, that's for off stream. Okay. Okay. Right, I'll tell you that cool. later. Don't worry. I, I do want to hear that. It's wild I, hopefully and crazy. You've, you've got on your brain what your worst gift this is actually a really great question there's a couple <laughs> a couple that jump out at me and one of them is the kind that when i go to tell the story that's when you guys are going to like kick me off the show um let's so, see if you can explain it uh we'll say in um tv friendly terms how about that i don't know if i'm able to do that Let, but pretend okay. pretend so, i'm letterman and you're you're telling me about it you're on the couch. I'm at the desk. How are you going to do okay. it? Okay. So here's the deal. Uh, when I turned uh, 19, my my dad and myself and all of my brothers, I had six brothers and one sister. So, so it was uh, seven of us boys and my dad mm -hmm. and my brother-in-law. Mm -hmm. So there was a bunch of us went to a strip club. And so we go to this strip club. I had never been to a strip club before. So this Don't was my, be my one and only strip club that I ever went to. I never went again. Um, I went. There were the ladies dancing. Totally, totally cool. I was super shy because, you know, it was just, <laughs> it was weird. So I'm like standing in the background and Hello, stuff like that. And everybody's, you know, getting lap dances and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Well, just, at one point, this young lady don't worry comes about over me. and grabs my hand and says, like, hey, come with me. And I'm like, what, where are we going? Like, And so I'm thinking, like, oh, this woman's going to totally want to, like, have sex with me. And like, and, and I don't have any condoms. Like, And she's, like, really pretty. Like, no, that's not what she I'm was doing scared. at all. Like, that's not. Well, as she grabs my hand to bring me with her, don't she also she... reaches over and, like, grabs my dad's hand and goes come on and i'm like okay wait what this just got awkward <laughs> yeah so so we and i'm super uncomfortable now now for some reason this woman has grabbed me and my dad and pulled us into a back room and then i sit down on the couch and then he sits on the couch 
not far enough away from me to be perfectly honest. Like he's like, you know, almost shoulder touching personal right? bubble. Yeah. There's, there's like a, a space there. And, uh, so we're sitting there and the girl starts, you know, doing a little dance. If nobody's ever done that, you can always look it up on YouTube to know what a lap dance looks or like. Or don't, but, kids. Or don't. Or don't. Please don't. I mean, but basically, essentially, she's gyrating and kind of dancing around. And and it's supposed to be sexy, but it doesn't really feel like that because my dad's literally right next to me. That's and so, so weird. I'm getting this first and only lap dance in my entire life and um, this beautiful beautiful woman that should by no means even be in the same room with this troll of a dude is you know kind of dancing around and i'm like okay this is cool she's beautiful and i'm not having to give her a bunch of money one of my brothers paid for it well then my dad like while she's dancing says the most old guy thing of all time as he sniffs her like a freak like a like a super freak he goes oh not your dad being a creep Uh. yeah and then he goes he sniffs her and then he goes Wow, baby, you smell so nice. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, done, done. What did he say done, next? You know, I, I can take you away from all of this. Yeah, I was like, um, yeah, I can't enjoy it. This is broken, broken. I'll never. Oh. This sucks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and so I, one of my brothers was just laughing. He's like, yeah, I was, I, I bought dad the thing first, and I was like, oh, dude, it's actually his birthday. So then, like, we got you the one, and then like, so they're both, do- and I'm like, no, that's not cool. And he's like, that's why we were all laughing. Because we figured it was going to be so awkward for you. Why I'm would like, you yeah, do that? You guys are jerks. On my birthday. Why would you do yeah. that to me? Because <laughs> that's what brothers do. I guess. <laughs> Man, I don't have a, a worst birthday present uh, anywhere near that. I was going to say maybe one time like I got a little flashlight slash screwdriver thing from an aunt of mine. But <laughs> that was about the worst of it. Like everything else was middling at best. It was like, eh, okay. <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a getting grinded on with my dad story, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, unfortunately I got a lot of those stories as evidenced by the fact that we had a whole bit that got broken and like thrown away and like put into like a chamber and never to be seen again. Uh we, I almost got exiled from the show because of it. Because sometimes <laughs> it when wasn't you, all you make me tell stories, I just I'm gonna tell them like I see them, you know? Well, you got to talk to the poobah about that one, huh? But he's not here tonight. How about that? Yeah, that's dang right. That's why we're telling these stripper stories and whatnot. <laughs> well, like we is coke is, off uh, a poo bear's butt or whatever it was you were doing on your twenty first, Adrian. It's because <laughs> of stuff like that. He's okay. not here to stop us. We can do I, I, look, and be I'm whatever with, we want. I I said it at the top of the show. I said we are running the show. We are running the asylum tonight, and there's nothing that Gary can do about it. He's up there in, I think Seattle. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. He's maybe he's just watching the Mariners game. He's not even paying attention to the show, so we don't have to worry. No, about he's uh, he went to the Hitler Museum. He's actually a known. There's Nazi. one in I'm not Seattle. Sure Where that? Big, big fan. Like he, like he's. I mean, he's not like full, full racist, but he's like, hey, he was a really smart guy and he did some good stuff. You know. So I don't know. That's just me. Reach <laughs> you know, out to Ed some really, Morland. He, he had some good points. <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially what he he's like what you know you listen to him and i, I can understand why and i'm like Garrett really leaves, <laughs> Garrett leaves really? for one show and we turn Again, him into a full-on nazi apology reach out to him on twitter <laughs> oh that tickled me something fierce oh man all right look so let's do the next one so eddie martin wrote in and he said what is the most savage line in video game history uh, for me, it's got to be the one from Bioshock. 
uh, when I'm going to spoil the game. I'm going to spoil the big twist in Bioshock. So pay. So if you haven't played Bioshock, which you should do, do yourself a favor. Don't listen to this. Mute it. Skip ahead. Whatever you got to do. So the best line in the game is when you find out that the line or the phrase, would you kindly, is actually a mind control phrase that has been ingrained into you to subconsciously coerce you to do everything that um that andrew ryan wanted you to do throughout the entire game and i thought that was just it was brilliant the first time i i experienced it because i didn't see it coming at all until you you know you go back through the game and it does those flashbacks to show all the times when he asked you would you kindly and then you kind of realize and piece it all together it was insanity i will never forget that as long as i live when that happened the first time now that's absolutely an amazing game and i never played that until i played it through here as part of this show we played bioshock and dude that's one of my favorite games i've ever played and that that moment is savage as hell so i take the word savage to mean something that's iconic something that uh, just flips the script and like hits you in the feels or, you know, just hits you and you go like, whoa, right? So a moment like that for me was playing God of War 2018, the God of War when Kratos is calling his son boy through the entire thing. Hey, boy, boy, do this boy, boy. And, and, and at the end, when he calls him son and calls him Atreus, like, dude, for, for me as a dad, like, oh man, it just, it just smacks me right in the heart. Because it's like, oh, dude, it's growth. Like, wow, he grew as a as a as a dad and as a human, you know, through the course of this, dude. Yeah. He humanized the God he realized, War, dude. He realized know? that so his son that's an, was a it's person. It's an incredible moment for me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you, uh, man. What it, it it does take you back a little bit when you kind of hear him do that for the first time, because especially for somebody like Kratos, because you never expect for him to have that side i guess like when you when you when you really sit down and think about what kratos has been through throughout his whole journey right with being screwed over by the gods with them taking his brother away uh his family his daughter you would think he would just turn into like just a husk of a person but he still has the capacity for for critical thought for feeling for different things like that uh, the best part in that in that game to me, or one of the best parts is, you remember that story where he tells about Atreus, his friend? Mm-hmm. Uh, he tells a story about like, basically who Atreus was as far as the Spartans and um, how Atreus inspired him. And then uh, he says, oh, that's why I named him after you. And um, Atreus, his son, kind of like, he cracks a little bit of a joke at him. He's like, oh, you can tell a pretty good story, you know, because he, <laughs> they, he, he's not known for that. So I love that part because that just showed that was, awesome. that was like a really good um, showcase of how their relationship had grown throughout the game. Because Kratos would never at the beginning of the game, you would never suspect him to do something like that. And you would never expect them to have that father son. Oh, we could laugh about something. We could joke about something moment. So I love that. And I love that pick that you did for that, too that shows the evolution of their relationship if, as well. 
if we were to vote on the most savage moments of this show since its inception four years ago, I would say it's about five minutes ago when I called Garrett a raging Nazi. <laughs> like that moment right there, <laughs> savage as hell. Totally true, though. 100%. Man. Make sure to tweet your hate at him, at G Morley. Please. We had nothing to do with it. Uh, you could just tell him, you know, it's a nice day. Uh, please don't. Don't don't salute at me like that anymore, sir. We don't yeah. we don't do that around here. It's unacceptable. Uh, it's unacceptable. unacceptable. We don't we don't Super Gamer Boys does not condone that behavior. And we need you to let Garrett know about that at G Morelang. Uh so moving on. Uh it is now time, JJ, for the nerdy nudes. It's now time for the nerdy nudes. Ear honey every time, man, I'm telling you. So our first story uh, is coming from, excuse me, let me get that up for you. Give me just a second. I love it here. when you call it ear honey, because it is the stickiest of the icky. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's weird. I mean, it's just, it's it's velvety, man. What can you, what can, uh, what can you say? Uh, our first story is from Deadline, and it is about Comcast pulls the plug on G4, ending comeback try for Gamer Focus Network. <clears throat> and it reads... Comcast Spect Spectacore? Spectacore division is pulling the plug on video game centric network G4 TV, whose early incarnation in the 2000s remains a cultural touchstone for many, many millennials just a year after its relaunch. In a memo set to be sent out to all employees, Spectacore CEO Dave Scott explained that the company's investment and efforts to revive the network just didn't gain traction. A few dozen employees and contract workers are affected by the shutdown. Comcast said it will assist them with outplacement and consider some for internal opportunities. The departure uh, over the summer of Russell Aarons, an experienced digital media exec who had come aboard as G4's president in 2021, was a precursor to today's news. Uh, her duties were added to the portfolio of Joe Marsh, a Comcast Spectacore vet who has been CEO of T1, an international esports joint, blah, 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 blah. All these people are from different countries. Uh, they have a lot of executive positions. Basically, G4 is donezo. Only a year after launching. Yeah. Um, we were talking about this a little bit uh, beforehand, JJ, of it. You were saying it kind of makes sense, and it and it does when you think about it, right? Um, because back in the 2000s, granted, we did have the internet, but it's nowhere near as ubiquitous as it is now. So the only, one of the main places that people would get their news for games and stuff like this was G4. So it made sense for that kind of a network to exist. But now with the advent of YouTube, with many of uh, you can pretty much pick your favorite game news site now and hundreds of hours of content from anybody that you can think of on any specific subject g4 kind of became redundant and it was nice to see them come back and you know to have that little moment of man this is really cool i haven't thought about g4 you know seriously since the early 2000s it's cool to see all these people back and doing well you know but in reality um, nothing stays the same and it just didn't work out. 
that well the whole thing is is that it was playing on nostalgia so right. I loved the idea of G4 for sure and I saw that there were a few different people that we know from the gaming community I brought him up earlier Austin Creed Xavier Woods from WWE was a huge fan of the first iteration of G4 so when it when it came up he petitioned heavily online to get a job to get a role on there which he did and WWE allowed and so he was killing it in everything that he did and and there were some really good things that they were doing one of the things that's key in that article that they wrote was that some people will probably be maintained but they might be able to have a TV show mm-hmm. or something like that on another channel, uh, on another Comcast-owned station or or whatever. I mean, the, the sky's the limit for some of those people, which I don't think a lot of people are going to be put out of jobs. There weren't a whole lot of people that worked for G4. If you look at it, it was In the grand dozen. scheme of things. No, I mean, they had, I think, maybe like 70, 80 people, was something this, like was that. Was that many? Okay. Mm-hmm. As far okay. as crew, and then they had mm-hmm. the talent as well, which was like another 10, 15 people. So they were rounding out to about 100, which with the amount of content they were making and with the amount of views it was getting back in engagement, it honestly wasn't adding up financially. So I understand, you know, why they decided to to give it the kibosh. Well, um, and the funny thing is, is that we are the audience of people that would typically watch it. But what I find with me and and i'll speak for you as well probably don't have a, enough time in the day to be able to devote to going and watching g4 specific you know television programs and getting your news from just that one station when it's in abundance everywhere there's we're, we have like a glut right now of content all over i mean every streaming site that's all over the place that that might have been a better option for G4 is to do some type of a of an inexpensive streaming platform and have a handful of things and see if it'll sink or swim. Whole thing running. That's a lot of content to try to produce. And you have to produce it to a standard that it could be aired on on TV because they were also in in addition to broadcasting online, they were doing it in regular TV slots as well. Which I'm mm-hmm. sure probably compared to online was abysmal as far as viewership goes. Because who watches TV these days? Honestly. Actually, it's the first time in history that there are more people streaming and are cord cutters. That just happened. That literally just happened. Like we've all been talking about cutting the cord. But right now in 2022 is the first time in history that there are more people doing the different streaming networks versus having traditional cable like yeah. direct TV and, and dish. I couldn't so, tell you the last time I actually sat down and watched TV. That wasn't like a sporting event. You know what I mean? Like you, a football game. Do you or something still have, like that. do you still have traditional cable? I mean, the house does, but I don't have it in my room. I haven't had it in my room for years. I don't even have a cable line in here for, for, you know, to hook up to a box for what? Because I can just stream stuff that's on regular TV, you know, my, 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 our cable provider has an option to stream things. So I'm not going to hook up an extra box if I don't need to. I just watch it on the computer, you know? Uh, but yeah, uh, this was 
unfortunate for everybody who works at G4 because a lot of them found out when that article came out on Twitter, right? I saw a couple of people that were saying, oh yeah, I was just scrolling Twitter on my way home, getting ready for work for the week at G4. And I found out that I don't have a job anymore. And this was not the mm. only, this was not only one person. This was multiple people this happened to people on talent side and people on production side. So that's exactly how we're going to can Garrett. Garrett's going to find out here on the show that he doesn't have a job anymore. Oh yeah. Garrett is gonna, we got to do it. The we got to strike now while the iron is hot, mm. while he's not here. I feel like this Lock is the best Lock him out of everything. Time. Yes. Agreed. Garrett, we'd like to wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Appreciate your, your contribution to the company, son. And then just, <laughs> why can't I but log he, on to our, our social media anymore? Oh, we, yeah, we, we changed that. Um, we actually might have to wait until November, only because we do have Spooky Gamer Boys, a lot of stuff, a lot of content's coming out this month. So maybe not the He's already got it uploaded. He's, no, he's already got it uploaded. Oh, it's, it's all it's oh, all then never up. mind. Oh, Garrett, then peace. Yeah, it's been it's, it's been queued real. up. <laughs> it's, it's ready to your, go. It's been your pleasure. Unless yeah. he's been slacking and not editing and uploading Let's... content like he should be. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds pretty. Hopefully damn not. Uh, but moving on, we're gonna we're gonna go to our next story, and that's from Kotaku. And this one, uh, man, this one burned me up. <laughs> uh, so this is from Kotaku, and it's about. Bayonetta's uh, voice actress, Helena Taylor. Uh, so the company who developed the game, uh, Platinum Games, uh, the new Bayonetta 3 game that's getting ready to come out here, I, think, I believe next week, uh, she put out a video and a tweet on Twitter uh, talking about how the company, the developer only offered her to voice the entire game. She's been the voice of Bayonetta since the first game, like almost 10 years ago. And um, they only offered her to voice the full game about four thousand um, dollars. Which, when you yeah, when you think about you know how much work is involved with her having to voice the game, how many attacks she has to you know cuts. do stuff for voice lines for the cutscenes, hours and hours and hours of work, days, just it's ridiculous. Yeah, hundreds of takes. You know, oh, we didn't like that one. Do it this way. Oh, we didn't like that one. Could you do it this way? Could you say this line? They may, they may come in with rewrites. Hey, we know we asked you to, to we asked you to do these lines, and we said that we were good, but we actually rewrote it. Can you come back in and re-record? You know, what if she didn't schedule to come back in? There's no accounting for that. But you need those lines, right? So you, what are you gonna do? You're gonna have to pay her. But the developer only offered. She said her final offer was just $4,000 to voice an entire game, which honestly to us sounds crazy, but a lot of people don't know that voice actors, not just in games, in TV shows, in anime, in uh, pretty much like voiceover work, they all get screwed over like this. This is just the first time that, not the first time of course, but I mean, this is one of the bigger times where somebody has come out and said, you know, I it got screwed over and they they picked somebody else because they didn't want to pay me which is ridiculous because she's been the voice of the character but we'll get into it so let's yeah, go Troy ahead Troy Baker and and Nolan North are like the exception for people who make a phenomenal living but they also are prolific and are doing this all the time this is a huge disparity uh, with her not getting paid very well like this 
And that game stands to make a lot more money. Yes. Okay. So here, here's the article. So it says, early in October, Japanese developer Platinum Games, known for its action titles, told Game Informer that it's that upcoming Switch exclusive Bayonetta 3 would not see original voice actress Helena Taylor reprise her iconic sultry role as a protagonist, Bayonetta. Instead, her English VA would now be Jennifer Hale, one of the industry's most ubiquitous voice actresses who is known for roles like Commander Shepard. At the time, Platinum claimed that the replacement was due to various overlapping circumstances that made it difficult for Helena to play Bayonetta once again. Over a week later, Taylor has gone onto social media to dispute Platinum's account, suggesting that the studio wasn't entirely being transparent about what actually happened. Rather than losing out on the role because Hale was the better performer or due to something like scheduling conflicts, Taylor claims it was overpay. In a series of videos, Taylor goes on to say that Platinum apparently only offered her $4,000 for the entirety of the performance, which based on the trailers, appeared to show the leading voice actress voicing multiple versions of the same character. For Taylor, who spent years studying her craft has and has undeniably created one of the most memorable performances in the entire medium, the offer was considered insulting. So that is the gist of it, basically. So one one thing that I would like to understand, and I, I don't think the article states it from what you've just read, is, is there anything on the back end of that? So is there any additional, if they sell over 20,000 copies, she gets a percentage no. on the back end? Or if it's like, nope, that 4,000 is all told, she gets nothing, nothing more. That's pretty much it. So... Nintendo, from what I understand from what some people were saying online, is that they are notorious for for not doing that, right? For not having uh royalties on the back end like other companies are. Like I think um I think Insomniac is actually one of the few that people say are pretty good about that. Like if we get you on, we'll do, you know, a certain you'll get a certain amount up front and then you'll get royalties from the sales going forward, right? So that's one thing that um, Platinum Games, I, I guess, is not the best at, along with Nintendo, because when people do voice work for Nintendo, it's the same thing. They probably get paid peanuts, which is not okay. It's never been okay. It never will be okay. Um, the only thing, <clears throat> yeah, the only thing that would make sense is if they were to have been like, oh, we'll give you 4000 now and we'll give you a fat chunk of the back end, right? Because 4000 is nothing. She can go through that depending on what her expenses are, maybe a month, if that. So, you know, it, it, yeah. Um, the other thing that this doesn't talk about, and I, I Garrett put it in a footnote, but I, I can just explain it because I've been reading about it, was Platinum Games Vice President uh, Hideki Kamiya came on Twitter um, where he is notoriously known for uh, he's he's supposed to be like a he's a real neat he's a real cool dude he's a real you know tough guy right um, he is very well known for blocking anybody who criticizes him or speaks to him in English because I guess he doesn't understand English but he doesn't want to make an effort to even try to understand which is very weird to me and kind of really like I don't know really xenophobic but. What can you do? You can't really tell him anything because he'll just block you, um, which 
he came on Twitter and basically put out a tweet that says, man, I, uh, I can't remember it verbatim, but he basically accused her of lying about what was going on. And then when people tried to get more information, he would just block them. So it's kind of like, why did you come on here and say that if you don't have a, any proof that she actually was lying and B, you don't want to say anything further than that, you know? So he basically put his foot in his mouth and he was blocking so many people who were trying to ask him about this on Twitter that his account got suspended. Um, and uh, now he he's basically just sitting on Twitter doing the same thing. Um, so I don't know if I've ever talked about this before. I am not really a fan of Hideki Kamiya as a person, uh, as far as his social media is concerned. And as far as what I've heard about his behavior uh, in regards to other companies and people who have worked with him creatively, uh, who are not part of Platinum Games, he does not sound like he's the best guy. He sounds pretty like full of himself. So he and, pretty much sounds like Nintendo's version of Kojima. So if we were to like take Kojima, mm-hmm. one of our listeners, mm-hmm. and like liken him to, they're pretty much like the same person. Yeah, uh, okay, he, he's very full of himself. Yeah, and I honestly, I think he has very thin skin. I I don't know why he's like so proud of being able to just block people who are legitimately just trying to ask him something or talk to him in English. Like that's, that's always been weirdo behavior for me. It's always been really corny. Um, I don't know. Like, honestly, have you ever been in a fight before? That's what that energy kind of gives off. It's like, you know, if you did that to people in real life, like if you just kind of cut them off in a conversation, somebody would punch you in the nose. And I feel like you've never been in a fight before. So you feel like you're a tough guy, (laughs) right? So I feel like you think you're a tough guy, but if you got out in the streets and actually talked to people like the way you talk to them online, like calling them insects and stuff like that, and somebody popped you one good time in the nose, you wouldn't know what to do about it, you know? But I don't know. He's kind of, he, and um, and I'm just speaking for me. I'm not speaking for Super Gamer Boys. I'm not speaking for Garrett or anybody like that, but he's honestly kind of a punk in my eyes. And no amount of games that you create or supervise or anything like that, as long as you continue to behave this way, uh, none of that excuses this behavior. And if it comes out that she actually wasn't lying, the voice actress, then he's going to have a lot to, um, he's going to have a lot to answer for when she sues them. (laughs) And he's going to be one of the main people that they ask about because they're going to oh, say, well, sure. why did you say she was lying? You know? Yeah, I'm sure she's got proof. If She if has that, to. She has to. If legitimate, it would have been in writing. And so I I, I don't think that, again, I think that the $4,000 is is a paltry sum for, for an entire game like Bayonetta. I mean, they had, they've had a couple of games already. She's been the voice of this thing already. And it's, it's successful because of a lot of her hard work. Right. So I'm not saying go and, you know, give her $2 billion or anything no, like that. No, but give her something whatever. livable. But something that's a livable wage off of this game or, again, on the back end saying, you know what, here's some royalties. And the way that some other uh, movie companies um, try to structure things and video game structure things is the way that, okay, we're going to give you this up front. This is a downside guarantee. So you're going to get this and this is the guarantee right off the gate. Now, if we sell, you know, 
two million copies of, of the game, then you're going to get X, you know? Mm -hmm. And then if we sell 5 million, you're going to get X, you know, or whatever. And you get a percentage of it or whatever. Or you get these little bumps, like you're going to get $25,000 if we sell whatever. Or and so I think something like that would be more akin to, yeah, you want to do a low, a low guarantee like that? Sure, go with a low guarantee of, hey, we're going to pay you $10,000 to do this thing. And then we'll give you a percentage on the back end on stuff. And it doesn't have to be huge. It can be it can be small. Right. It can be a you know two percent, five percent, and if it's a lot of money, it can turn into a good little chunk of change for her. And then you can give her that lower wage on the pay. And I mean that just happened recently with Scarlett Johansson uh, filming Black Widow uh, when she did the movie. She was told that she was going to have uh, this huge back end and was promised certain amounts of money. And then they ended up putting that movie on Disney Plus. And the moment they did that, they're taking away the opportunity for that movie to make more money in the theaters, which, you know, it was the whole COVID thing. It wasn't really happening. But she was thinking a theatrical release is going to allow her a whole lot more money. So that you can see how that stuff turns into a big ball, a crazy ball of wax. Uh, and then lawyers get involved and everything else. So I hope I hope that uh, she ends up finding some good work soon. Uh, I'm sorry to see that she's not going to be the, the voice in Bayonetta uh, because she's super, super talented. Absolutely. Um, I have no no doubt that she'll be able to find something just based off her track record alone with, with Bayonetta. She has a very distinct, unique voice, and I cannot see somebody not scooping her up. Um, I just hope that this is a, a warning is too strong of a word. I guess maybe an incentive for anybody who is going to cast her in the future to make sure that you pay her accordingly. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like this situation at all. I don't like when, when people like that are, are taken advantage of. Um, honestly, this puts Bayonetta at like the back burner of things that I want to play at the end of this year. Now I was really excited for it uh, because I'm a really big fan of the character in the series, but until, you know, something happens with this or we figure something out or we get a word from Nintendo or something like that, that maybe they're going to try to fix something. Maybe they can ma have her record it, you know, and, and, and patch it in as DLC later. So you can play with the original voice. You can play with the new one from Jennifer Hale. That'd be cool. Um, but who knows? Uh, but for right now, I'll get around to, to Bayonetta 3 when I get around to it. Mm. So, um, yeah, I wish her well. And I hope to see that this is resolved in a uh, timely and um, fair manner, I guess. And um, screw you, Camille. Uh, anyway, uh, let's go on to our next story. Uh, Google Stadia shutting down has claimed its first victim uh and this is on ign and basically uh i don't I, did you hear about stadia was shutting down you were here I for heard that right shutting down. okay yeah, I, I read a, i read a little bit of the article gotcha okay so the article reads the shutting down of google stadia has claimed its first video game victim as a multiplayer as multiplayer title outcasters will also cease to exist when the cloud gaming service disappears in january as reported by game developer, Outcaster Studio Splash Damage posted on Twitter that because 
the game was built exclusively for Stadia, it's not viable to port the game to another platform. The tweet reads, it's with a heavy heart that we inform you that we do not have plans to bring Outcasters to other platforms at this time. Outcasters was designed and exclusively built for Stadia with many of its systems heavily reliant on the platform, significantly increasing the complexity of the work required. We still firmly believe that cloud gaming has a bright future in our industry, providing easier access to games than ever before. And we are encouraged to see that other platforms still champion the cause. Outcasters was only announced in July of 2020 and was released in December later that year. Due to Google shutting down its cloud gaming service as of January 20 or January 18th, 2023, however, the game will only have been available for just over a year. That I don't is... know anybody who played it. Um, I know people who uh, who thought that Stadia was going to be great. Carrot. <laughs> you know, actually, Me I too. thought it was going to be great too. Me and too. I remember being devastated that it sucks so bad. It, and it really did. I never got an opportunity to check it out, but everything I saw online was just atrocious. They they had a great idea, but we just aren't there yet. We're not there yet, and there just wasn't enough games that were being built. This is the one exception of something that was specifically from Stadia, and sadly, not seeing it come to any other any other systems anytime soon. So the thing about Stadia is the tech of it is phenomenal, right? So what I played of it when it when initially came out, it was the lowest amount of lag I had ever seen in a cloud gaming service by far. It was the closest thing to actually feeling like playing the game. Granted, of course, you could see it was a little bit of lag, but the fact that it was being beamed in over Wi-Fi from I think our our closest server for them was LA and it you know it, it looked great for what it, you know when you take that into consideration it played great the tech was almost there it was nearly there it was just the platform itself that had nothing going for it they didn't have any kind of subscription service to where you could just play the games and you know kind of like a game pass alternative they had maybe Stadia Pro which you got a couple of free games a month but then they wanted you to pay full price for a game. Why am I paying full price for a game? What are you selling? You're selling me the file, right? Like you're not selling me a download. You're not selling me a disc with a case. You're selling me and, and the games on there were already old. <laughs> so why <laughs> that, am I paying was full price problem. for old games? They were promoting games that were super old. And that was one of the biggest, like, laughable things when Stadia launched is that most of those games, like, so you could play that on your toaster. Like, whoa, whoa, really? This is something to brag about? Not even close. Um, the, I don't know. It's just, it wasn't, Stadia wasn't ready. It needed, like, another year, I feel like. I feel like how do you think that people feel that that invested in it, dude, that like believed in it, that bought the Stadia Pro that were going I'm looking at mine right here, dude. It's right up there. I'm looking at it. My Founders Edition is sitting right up there. I mean, I when I saw what they were trying to do, I wanted to get it on the ground floor because I'm like this honestly, if you could get cloud gaming 
off the ground. Think about that, right? I wouldn't need to carry any anything with me except a controller. All I would have to do is find a screen that's connected to the internet and log in. And that's it. That would have been incredible. And I honestly don't think that the tech for that is done here. I think it's just done with Google. I think somebody in the future is going to peck up where this left off and take it to the end game that it should have been. It's going to take some time because people are burned right now. You got to give people time to get over it and to let, like you were saying, how let the infrastructure get back to where it's supposed to be um, so that we can make it a more ubiquitous service and we don't have to worry about, oh, people in X location don't have that very good, you know, that great of an internet. But you have to give all that stuff time to, to flourish and evolve. But at the same time, somebody should be on the other end of it, developing the tech so that when it does get there, boom, you could drop it and it'll, you know, hopefully have an, an attach rate that goes crazy and lets it be a viable option to console and PC gaming. So it's it seemed pretty quick after Stadia's launch that they decided there was nothing that was coming out that was going to be Stadia exclusive. I mean, obviously, this this game here we're talking about is kind of one of the exceptions to the rule. Mm -hmm. But there just wasn't enough. There wasn't enough to make it something that you're like, man, I got to play that. Right. I, dude, I'm guess going to have to buy a Stadia controller and going to have to log into the service because I have to play that game. Mm -hmm. That just that never happened. No, there, there, and just, there didn't seem like it felt like they gave up really fast. Well, Google is notorious for doing that. Right. So. Whenever they put out a project and it doesn't immediately either have a billion users or it's not making a jillion dollars in 10 minutes after they launch it, they drop it. Right. Like there's a, there's websites that have whole, you know, they're dedicated to every project that Google has pushed out and launched and killed. And now, the, of course, this is going to be added to it. But Google so is, they're, is they're killing it completely, right? Yes. So there's, so there's your, not going your, to be anything your left. Your controller, your stuff is going to essentially be a paperweight. Yes. Unless they put out some update that lets, you know, people use them as regular controllers, which the controller is actually not half bad. I wish they would do that. That'd be nice to like put out a new driver and let it be used with anything as a Bluetooth controller. Hopefully they will. Um, but yeah, essentially, if they don't do anything else, it's going to turn into a paperweight. And I won't have any use for it. What am I, I can't sell it, even though it's a founder's <laughs> edition. So I might as well just keep it over, keep it as a as a relic <clears throat> of, you know, man, this is one of the steps that we had to take to get to the cloud gaming that we are, you know, used to used to when we get to the future. Um, but going back to the story, it definitely sucks for this team that they decided to take the plunge and go all in on stadia like they didn't they didn't think of developing for anybody else they were fully in on the vision of stadia and how people could interact with it and use it to play games and unfortunately for them it did not work out. Um, you hate to see, especially uh, in terms of preservation, you hate to see games that uh, that come out 
and go and 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 either get deleted or they get shut down and there's no way for anybody to ever play them again uh that's horrible for game preservation as far as the medium and for the art uh, and the work that the people put in themselves you know the only way that you're going to be able to tell people that you worked on this game is if you have a dev build of it somewhere on like a pc or something like that or um if somebody's going to be able to get the source code from which you can't even do because there's no physical media to get the source code off of or try to rip it from right so realistically if you're not on the dev team of this you're not going to ever be able to play it again so we lost that game essentially to history to time because google decided it wasn't worth their time um i honestly think that google should have funded a a port to just traditional pc um especially because i'm and sure google, google was aware on that if they if they did yeah they, they, they still, could if they take some on the back I mean, end could, there's money to be made yeah they should have funded that they should have been like you know what we'll help you port it but google is honestly not now we we all know that google is not a company that really cares about it it was just another business venture to see if they can make money because they saw oh gaming's really big now it's bigger than movies how can we get into that and they tried it and it backfired and they're like whoop nope never mind we'll just stick to collecting all your data and that's pretty <laughs> much uh that's pretty much what they did so um man my heart goes out to that team just to see all your work go up like that it must be devastating but I hope that this doesn't stop them from wanting to create. I know that they said it wasn't financially feasible. So I hope they didn't. I hope that this this venture wasn't their only one that they were able to make and that they're not able to make stuff anymore. Um, so I hope we get to see more from them. And I hope that this didn't essentially uh, bankrupt them or shut them down. So, but I mean, if we want to be real about it, on the next attempt at this, there's going to be another studio like this. There's going to be another story like this where a studio has to go all in because somebody has to go all, somebody has to believe in the vision for it to become viable, right? This team believed in the vision of Stadia. And unfortunately at this point in time, cloud gaming did not work. So they eventually they had to take a loss, right? But in the future, there's going to be that one team that sees the next thing and they're going to be like, we're all in on this. Right. And they got it on the ground floor and cloud gaming is going to take off. And they're going to be one of the pioneers that were like, we were there when it first came out and they're going to be able gonna, to reap that benefit It's a risk. I, I'm going to tell you right now, Xbox is going to be the ones that really step into that space mm -hmm. because it, it really can be the future. And I think Xbox, if anyone is the ones that is pushing for new, for different, and they're thinking outside of the box with their presentation of video games, with Game Pass and everything else. And there is a little bit of cloud gaming that is done. I actually do a little bit of it, and I've had no problems. But, of course, these are older games. Um, wait until we, we get some you know fresh stuff, and they soup the stuff up. But... If anybody's going to do it, I think that Xbox would be the ones that try it. I mean, Xbox definitely has the resources, right? They're backed by Microsoft. Microsoft is a trillion dollar company. They can throw money at it. They can. They are literally one of the few entities on earth that can throw money at a problem until it gets fixed. <laughs> so, well, of course, Air Moreland can do that as well. You yeah, know, fair point. 
Fair point. Um, so yeah, best wishes to those team to that team. I hope you're able to create something going forward. Um, and uh, best of luck to whatever successor, if it's going to be Xbox or if it's something that we don't even know about, uh, who's going to be the one to take cloud gaming to where it's going to eventually be. Um, and uh, we'll just have to wait and hope that we're here, you know, when it happens so we can talk about it and reflect on today and, and, and respect the steps that it took to get here and the sacrifices and the losses that it took. But, you know, I'm making it sound like it's like a like it's a human right, you know, something like that, like a, like a cause. But you get what I mean. Um, yes, absolutely. So that's going to do it for our news articles for uh, today for our nerdy nudes. And now it is time. JJ, are you ready? For the Patreon ad. <laughs> <laughs> For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, so like I was saying in the beginning of the show, uh, we do have a Patreon. That's patreon.com slash supergamerboys, uh, where we post a myriad of special exclusive content. Uh, so one of the big ones, of course, I host a show on there called Super Gamer Boys, where we take one game, we uh, play it, we all play it, whoever's on the show, and we just talk about it. What we liked about it, the game itself, what we didn't like, uh, anything that stood out to us, the themes of the game, whatever. It's basically just a free form discussion about whatever game of the month it is. Uh, the most recent one we did was 2064 Read Only Memories. That is a game that I consider a masterpiece. Um, and I did an episode with Garrett, who also very much enjoyed it. Um, I can't speak highly enough about that game and that universe. So go check that one out. Um, and then, of course, you get all our shows early when you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, which only costs about a dollar. So I honestly don't know why you're not a subscriber at this point. It's only a dollar. What are you What are you going to do with a dollar? You can't buy nothing for a dollar. Inflation. You can't buy anything for a dollar except early access to our incredible content. So why not just hand it over to us and we'll show you a good time. Not like not like JJ's birthday, but I was gonna say, we like, will it, show you a, a, a good, you know, a good time. Uh, we also want to shout out uh, the fact that we uh, are on Twitch like we are right now. And with Twitch, of course, you know, um, comes that good Jeff Bezos money, a.k.a. Prime Gaming. See how I got that on the first try? Oh, hey, look at that. That was easy. Wow. Wow. Easy. Wow. Uh, so Prime Gaming uh, is a benefit of Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, you have Prime Gaming, which gives you a free subscription to you, but also gives us the entire split of that. So you support us as part of your Amazon membership for free. So why not go on down, 
below us right down there where it says subscribe click that and then it'll say hey you want to use your your bezos money and then you could go yeah of course i do want to use my bezos money and then you go click 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 and we get some money out of it um and then finally jj are you ready i've never been more ready in my life <laughs> we would like to shout out our partnership with w energy Oh, it's a union. It's a partnership. <laughs> it's a team that we've created with the greatest energy drink of all time. Do yourselves a favor. Stop what you're doing. Pause this show. Go on to w.gg forward slash super gamer boys and make sure to get that rod going right where you need it to go <laughs> headed northwest straight up in the air baby here's the deal it's a great energy drink that gives you remarkable energy without a crash nothing it's not gonna no give crash. You that crash what must what goes up must come down right that's usually how it works you get all pumped up and then you drop you're mm -hmm. not gonna get that with this not this at all thing, you know those you cartoons get... where the where um somebody goes to sleep right and then they do that little float down to the ground where they're That's just it. like it's a, they're as light as a sheet of paper. That's that, Dubby. Dubby gets you going. It. You can take care of anything. You can handle any task, climb any mountain. And then when it's time to let you down, they let you down just as gently as a cloud. Just as gently as a cloud. I love that. That sounds so beautiful because that's exactly what Debbie does. Right after getting your pee-pee real, real hard. That's right. Real hard. So here's the deal. It. I don't know if it necessarily makes your makes your unit. You know, I mean, it makes your blood attention. flow, which probably does and, make it easier well, for that. So I mean, technically, I'm not a scientist. I don't know how it works. But all I know is that's what happens when I drink it. And the thing is, is there's so many great flavors. Dubby has amazing flavors. And I know every week I always say some goofy stuff about Grape Grenade and, you know, Banana Blast, you know, and like Garrett's like, nope, not a, nope, not a, nope, 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 nope. Well, nope. you know He's what? Like, if they're not, they should be flavors. How about that? Right? But I love it how that, that Nazi, that neo-Nazi <laughs> is constantly jumping all over oh, my no. bandwagon and saying, <laughs> No, 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 that's not a that's not a flavor. Well, it should be. But I'll tell you what flavors they do have over at Dubby. Uh, and again, that's Dubby.gg forward slash super gamer boys. Go so, for it. So uh, they've got Dragonade Energy. Dragonade. Mm -mm -mm. Dude, you can literally breathe fire. You drink this stuff, you'll breathe fire. Okay? Asterisk. There's a there's dub sludge. Dub sludge. Do you know what that does? That that make, gives you the runs. It'll, it'll literally no. run right through. I was gonna say it sludges yourself. your insides with nice energy coated goodness. And galaxy grenade, and that literally makes your nuts like blow up when it's time. You know what I mean? That's the one like that you keep grenade. calling grape grenade. Like like. Well, it turns your grapes <sighs> into grenades. How about that? And then there's there's peach uh, energy. Uh, that's beaches beach and peach. Beach I don't and know. Peach. <laughs> And I think there's one called Taco. I don't really know. Oh, but here's wow. the deal. <laughs> there's no Taco. I don't. So, Garrett's like, no, no, that's not a drink. It doesn't matter what he thinks. He's not here. No, he should have no. been here to do the ad. We're doing it now. Sorry. Oh, dang right. So, if so guys, you... Thank, thank you at Dubby for constantly delivering. And if you want to deliver when it counts, go ahead and jump on to W.GG forward slash Super Gamer Boys. And use it, code SGB. To help us out, you get a discount, we get a kickback, 
Help your boys out. Come on now. We all okay, win. Okay, so is it is it forward slash? Is it WGG? Or you just use the SGB? I just use the SGB. Okay, so forget when I said forward slash. Forget that. <laughs> I was just making that stuff up. But you know what I wasn't making up? Imagine people getting real, real hard. Drinking that W. All right. Well, that'll do it for our Patreon ad. We made it all the way through. <laughs> Barely. Boy, Garrett is going to have fun with that one, boy. Oh, as soon as they find out, they're going to totally stop. They're like, they're, they're, they're saying that like, we're going to be should have been here. He should have quit. Well, no. Who, 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 wait, as soon as who finds out? W, w doesn't even know we exist. When They haven't tweeted about us at all. And we've been a partner for a minute now. So that's, what's that's up? They're going to have to actually talk to us to be able to cancel us. So until they've that day, it, we're gonna do what we gotta that, do. Like, the money's starting to roll in right now because oh. people are starting to, you know, get on the bandwagon. There's probably some people that are upset. That once we start making those yet. big buckaroos, once we start getting a bunch of people to get in there, then they'll probably be like, "Oh, look, there's our pay pay. I mean, our partner, <laughs> Super Gamer Boys. Exactly. You know. Exactly. But until then, we're under the radar. We can say whatever we want. Good luck's trying to stop us. Uh, so we are moving on. To our last segment, and that of course is what you're playing. Now, JJ, before I I let you go, I do have an entry here from Garrett that he wrote in the notes. Uh, it says under Garrett's "What you've been playing," it says nothing because I'm not here and a chump. <laughs> Garrett I, finally recognizes it. I'm looking I right here it. at the Google Doc. That's exactly what it says. Uh, so Man. I just wanted to make sure that he got his entry in there. Uh, JJ, <laughs> what you been playing? So you, you uh, I don't know if you remember, but this is Spooky Gamer Boys Month. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all through the month of October, we are playing uh, a video game on a different night of the week. Garrett does Tuesday nights. I'm doing Wednesday nights. And Mr. Holmes is doing a little bit of Thursdays. And Thursdays is really when stuff is kicking in. That's when the real video game plays playing is happening i'm doing that's Wednesdays, when the dubby gets going oh yeah i'm doing a little bit of stuff playing inside so inside is a really fun game it's a dark theme uh i love it i've played it before and that's why i chose it that way i don't have to struggle too much but here's the deal i'm still struggling playing this game <laughs> because i haven't played it in a while but it's a lot of fun and i've been having a good time playing it on wednesday nights and I'm a little bit further into the game. I think that there's not too much more. I'll probably be able to finish this whole game by the end of uh, by the end of this October uh, through those Wednesday night playtimes. So that's the only gaming that I've been able to do is on Wednesday nights. The new job is kind of kicking my tail feather. But come join me on twitch.tv forward slash the Super Gamer Boys on Wednesday nights. Uh, just look for me whenever I jump up because it's kind of just when I find time on Wednesday nights. There it is. Uh, I have been playing. I, I basically I'm I'm on the tail end. I'm wrapping up uh, Super Luigi's uh, Super Luigi Luigi's Mansion uh, to uh, get ready for Super Gamer Book Club. There's a super. Okay, I did. I said it a little too early. Um, still a phenomenal game. The ending of that still uh, man. I, I'll talk about it on Book Club, but I think that's one of the best endings to a game Nintendo has ever made by far. Um, at least to me because it it, it hits me for you know maybe different reasons than most people uh and then also i've been playing another game that uh is really really rad uh it's called akane it's a-k-a-n-e and you play 
basically, you play a samurai, a young woman who's a samurai, who basically, you can say that she basically stepped out of Kill Bill. And uh, you're, you start the game surrounded by all these like Yakuza, right? And you have your sword and you have a revolver. And the gist of the game is basically it's an arcade game, right? So you have to kill as many Yakuza as you can before you die. So the it's the easiest control scheme ever. A, swings your blade. And you have to run around and dash around the arena and try to kill as many Yakuza as you can to keep your combo going and to keep yourself alive until you get to the boss wave. Basically, every, kill, every 100 kills is a new boss. And man, if it's not some of the most addicting gameplay that I've been, you know, playing in a long time, dude. I cannot put this game down. It is so what are you playing it on? good. I'm playing it on Switch. And here's the killer part. It's only five bucks. It's five bucks and that game is that good. I don't understand how they were able to do that. It's it's for that price. It's phenomenal. I can't put it down. It looks great. It's a great soundtrack, tight gameplay, everything about it rules. Please, please, please go check this out. I think it's on PS4 as well. That game is incredible. That I can't say enough about it. Honestly, if it had like a little more story substance to it, I would do a book club on it. That's how good it is. Mm. So please, that that's basically what I've been playing. It's just those two, but man, what a game. What a game Akane is. Uh, and with that, I believe, let me double check here in the notes, but I'm I'm about 95% certain that we are wrapping up here. Thank you, good people, for listening to me and JJ ramble on. <laughs> uh, we thank you, everybody who supports us on our Patreon, patreon.com slash supergamerboys. Uh, don't forget on your way out to stop by our store, sgbstore.com. Maybe pick up your... Uh, Pick up a nice T-shirt or a mug or, you know, maybe uh, some JJ JJ's face undergarments. Um, yeah. If we they do have those. Like hotcakes. Oh, yes, of well, course. We it's gotta... actually just two people. Um, Garrett's, Garrett's mom, Mrs. Morlang, bought a pair of those. I'm just kidding. Hi, Jen. <laughs> it's too late. It's in, the no, e- no. <laughs> it's in the ether now. It's too late. You can't take it and, back. Uh, and funny enough, Garrett's dad also bought a pair. That was, oh. Hi, Bill. That was a weird. That was a weird thing, you know. But uh, uh, we appreciate everybody's support. Uh, if you are on your favorite podcast platform, please definitely rate us. Um, it helps out a lot with our discoverability, so that more eyes can get on how awesome we are and help us to continue to make this fantastic show. Not only this one, but everyone we're doing for you. Uh, again, shout out to Jack Sriracha and Yate for allowing us to use their music. We appreciate them greatly. Uh, and Mr. Purdom, where can the good people find you on the internet? You guys can always find me on Twitter at JJ Purdom. I'm also on Instagram. I just do some pictures of my kids and stuff like that. And a couple of like fishtail face uh, selfies, you know, where I'm doing the duck lip thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty much it. And uh, then also you can catch me on the greatest wrestling podcast of the of the history of wrestling podcast each and every week the suplex city wrestling podcast myself and scott falder a <clears throat> couple of old grizzled vets talking about pro wrestling uh we love it and uh, we're very passionate about it 
Unfortunately, with the work schedule being what it is, the show is now going to be dropping on Mondays. So we're going to be recording on Saturdays only to drop it each and every Monday. Um, so we we have just changed it up just a little bit, but the listenership has been amazing, but we can always use more. So please come and join us there. And if you know a wrestling fan in your life, tell them about it uh, because we, we talk some great stuff over there. Rad. Uh, and Garrett, where can they find you? They can't. Oh, wait. They can't. Can, You're not they here. They can catch him over at the Adolf Hitler Museum, <laughs> hiring the Fuhrer. <laughs> All right, dude. JJ, take us on home, man. All right. For Adrian, homeboy Holmes, and for myself, Double J, Juicy JJ, and uh, for Harry no, not for Garrett. Morlang, who is not here tonight, nope. we are the Super Gamer Boys. And we will catch you on the flippity flop. We're out of here. Garrett sucks. Woo! <laughs> oh, of course. Are you kidding? Come on. <laughs>